Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 142. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by the man who is in a permanent state of flow. Yes, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. I mean, this is an exciting moment, isn't it? Coming off the back of the Mental Model series and a quick interlude into Dan Millman. We're now beginning, Mike, I'm pleased to say, a brand new series on creativity. Oh. And Mike, I think we have the perfect subject matter to really kick off this creativity series, wouldn't you think? Perfect, yes. Hard to pronounce, also a yes. What do you think? <laughs> well, listeners, if you've seen the name pop up in your podcasting app of choice or in your newsletter signups, and you're thinking, I'm not familiar with this name, well, don't you worry, because by the end of today's show, you will be so well attuned to the work of Mihai, Cheek Sent Mihai, and his work on flow. I mean, Mike, Mihai, he really laid the foundation of this way of thinking, didn't he, with the idea of flow? He certainly did, and um, discovering his work and is has been just a huge confirmation for me on how I want to work, how I want to live, and I've been able to use this whether I'm thinking about sports or work or anything in between. This idea of finding, creating, and sustaining a flow state is really, it's like, I think it's a human right. We should all be able to enjoy this idea of being in a flow state. And in fact, what I've certainly found for myself is the more I can create the conditions and get myself into a bit of a flow state, it's, oh, it's like a nice warm bath that rejuvenates the body and the soul. And by the way, it's when you do your very, very best work. So I am yeah. delighted uh, that we have this opportunity to delve into the work of Mihai Czech Sent Mihai. How's that for a pronunciation? He's um, really the pioneer of this idea of being in the zone, the flow state. He discovered it. He wrote the paper and he has the the great fame and uh, the acclaim of being the guy who found it. And we today, Mark, are going to showcase um, not only his work, but the people that he inspired who have some very practical advice, very um, powerful uh, tools, techniques, habits, rituals that you can all use. So today, Mark, we are going to get the flow habit going. What do you think? Yeah, you're right. It's all one thing to understand the idea of the benefits of getting into flow. You know, like yourself, I've experienced it a few times in my career and I, I have heard of the work of Mihai in the past as well. And it's so attractive as an idea, isn't it? You want to get into flow. And by the end of today's show, we are going to know how to simulate ourselves into patterns and pattern uh, behaviors of thinking better and getting ourselves into the flow patterns. Yeah, well, I think we've all experienced flow on occasion, but not nearly enough. Um, don't you think that's the biggest challenge we face with flow, Mark? Yeah, the biggest challenge is really getting our brains into gear um, and removing lots of distractions. But Mike, I think before you and I continue introducing it, too much more. Why don't we hear from the man himself, Mr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, introduce us to the idea of mindset and the idea of flow. Realization is one that came to me partly 
from my own experience of World War II, which I spent in Europe, which made me aware that uh, some people, even under the worst circumstances, seem to maintain their integrity, their purpose, their joy, whereas others, once they lose uh, their uh, supports of um, financial well-being or status or their property is lost, they kind of crumble and they become empty shells in many ways. They, they become bitter and, and unable to, to function. Um, so I, I became, as a child, already interested in trying to figure out what makes the difference between people who have an inner strength or, or habits that they have cultivated in, in their lives that make them able to enjoy life regardless of the external circumstances, that you can uh, live either as a, a pawn of external forces or you can live uh, you can master your own destiny to a certain uh, extent. And this act of living under your own control rather than being pulled by the strings of fortune and fate, that's what I call flow. And this is something I simply uh, learned by talking to people who seem to have some passion about life that differentiated them from everyday people. And uh, I call this flow because uh, the people themselves started talking, when they described how it felt to be truly alive, to be uh, completely uh, functioning, they used the metaphor of being like carried by a river, carried by a current. As I say, this happens in, uh, when we sing, we dance, as happened just a few minutes ago here, when we do sports. But then, um, very quickly, I realized that it's the interesting part is not about flow, it's not that you can do it when you separate yourself from everyday life and you do something artistic or athletic, but you can do flow when you're studying, when you're working, when you're at home and with the family. And that's really the, um, the best application of flow is how you can use it in everyday life. I love this, Mark, because already he's challenging what we might think of as just being a bit in the zone, right? He's saying, oh, no, it's this natural state of being that feeds not only like a flow state, not only being in a great rhythm, but he's saying, no, this is all about building inner confidence and taking control, taking responsibility for yourself. I mean, when you listen to that, what you realize is flow is so much more than just being in the zone, isn't it? It, yeah, exactly. It's so much more than just turning off your notifications and getting into that zone. You know, he talks about the idea of passion 
and how everybody, he spoke to all these individuals who had this natural joy to be and wanted to go out and do some great work. And I think a lot of us have run into moments or speed bumps in our careers where you think, ah, oh, I, I don't really care about this project or this product. I'm, I'm not that interested. So I'm not going to be able to get into flow. And that's a disservice. And maybe we're even being dishonest with ourselves because we're able to control that passion and that attractiveness to a product or an idea or a piece of work. Just like you've said, through mm. discipline, through uh, the approach and the way that we we have to think about it. And I think that's what Mihai is really calling out here. We all can take ownership of how we view um, projects, challenges, work, life, home life. And if you are trying to find a really passionate moment in your day, you can actually start in any degree. You don't have to be an artist painting. You don't have to be a musician. You can find flow in that's any right. number of, of, of life's avenues. How exciting. I mean, it's such a great breakthrough and we get to break it down. We get to decode it, learn it, understand it and share it with all of you, our listeners. And uh, I just am very excited about what we have ahead, what we have installed for you in this show. So we're going to kind of get some more context on flow, understand its relationship between goals and consciousness. We're going to really see the fruits of flow and then we're going to get down into habits rituals and the things that you can do literally once you finish listening to this fine uh, podcast. Um, so you can have more flow in your day. And I, for me, I'm forever thinking about trying to engineer my calendar for those moments where I can be really, you know, take control and do stuff that really comes naturally to me. And I feel great for it. And I think that energy is something that I, that I share with my, my colleagues, my peers, my family. So I think it's an essential thing that we should all be doing if we want to realize, you know, our full potential. And I tell you what, Mark, we've got a bunch of people, a bunch of members these days here at the Moonshots podcast, and they're all realizing their potential. What do you, what do you think? Uh, this growing band of moonshotters, Mark, I mean, I think we better shout out to them and, and thank them for their support. We've had such a positive uh, number of individuals signing up, becoming members of the master series of Moonshots via our members section on the website, Mike. I mean, we have members from quite literally all over the globe. A, a quick shout out to, to Bob, to Nils, to Jess, to John, to Terry, to Bridie, to Neil, to Sandy, and Marjolaine. Mike Mar- Mario Line de Roy, Mario uh, Line, a great member from from the Netherlands, which is a very dear place to my heart. I spent eight years there. My son was born there. I got married there, so it is just so wonderful to see the Dutchies uh, singing hoop, Holland hoop, and coming on board to be Moonshot members. And we want to encourage all of you to become members as well, because you get access to our Moonshot Master Series. Our exclusive podcast for members. So that's in addition to this one, you get to hear us going deep on the essential practices uh, to be the best version of yourself. So we're so grateful to all of you who are becoming members and supporting us. Remember, by becoming a paid member, you help us generate the funds to build our mobile application that we're going to launch later this year. So we can really kind of deploy the best technology to you so you can get the most out of the moonshot thinking. I think, Mark, 
it would only be fair to, to shout out to um, uh, all the different uh, corners of the globe. We had Fabrizio reaching out to us, sharing us stories from Brazil. How great is that to get a note from Brazil, Mark? I mean, it just helps. Uh, it helps me, you know, feel passionate, Mike. Yeah. Hearing these individuals and these listeners and these people from around the world getting in touch with you and I and our team on the Moonshot side and calling out uh, these little stories from all over the globe and joining us as Moonshot Master members as well. I mean, it, it makes me feel, not to get too soft, Mike, but it makes me feel pretty, pretty warm inside. You know, it's, yeah. it's, isn't it great how many passionate people we have learning out loud with you and I every week? Yeah, and he he called out uh, some of his favorite shows was Satya Nadella from Microsoft, Tom Brady, Christine Lagarde, Abby Wamba. I mean, that, there's a cross section of folks right there. You kind of got growth mindset, resilience. I mean, you've got fighting against the odds. You've got being a team player, and. Frankly, those are all lessons we can learn to be the best version of ourselves. And as all good moonshotters do, Fabrizio gave us a recommendation. He said uh, he would really love us to do Talking to Strangers, a book by Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, we did so many books by Malcolm. I can't believe, Mark, that we left one of them out. (laughs) Yeah, I think our series of four shows on Malcolm Gladwell, maybe we'll have to come back and, and do at least another one just for fun. Yeah, I think so. So uh, become a member. Tell us who you want us to study. What superstars do you want to learn from? We'll decode their work. We'll share it with you. Become a member at moonshots.io. That's where all the good things happen. And Mark, let me tell you, there are lots of good things we can enjoy in the world. And chasing your goals, something dear to the moonshotters, is something that is not only good to do, but it's an essential part of flow. So let's have a listen to the YouTuber Successful by Design. They're going to break down the anatomy of consciousness and processing goals. How many times have you heard people say that they'll be happy only if something happens, if they had more money, if they had a better car or a better house or something else? People tend to believe that their happiness comes from the outside. However, if you've read a book or listened to a talk about happiness in the past 30 years, there is a good chance you heard that only 10% of your happiness comes from your life circumstances. So we're left with the million dollar question, what about the other 90%? The answer is flow. What is flow though? The best way to describe it are those moments when you're completely absorbed in a challenging yet doable task. That could be for instance when you're completing a project and you get fully immersed in the work, or when you're jogging and you ignore all the stress in your life and you just keep pounding the pavement, or when you become so immersed in your favorite activity that time passes without you even noticing, whether that's writing, playing video games, or something completely different. After a lot of research, the author concluded that the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. Think of Netflix. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. So how does this all work? Let's break it down for you. It all starts with your consciousness, that sense of awareness of internal and external existence. It is basically everything you experience, from a song stuck in your head to some negative feedback someone else gave you. What you probably don't know is that your conscious has limits. The brain can process up to 125 bits of information per second. 
So let's say watching this video requires your brain to process information at its maximum capacity. But while you're watching this, you're also scrolling through Facebook. Yep, I see you there. Your attention will be divided and you won't be able to process all the information in this video. So it stands to reason that to achieve your most challenging goals, you need to direct your full attention to that one task. By doing so, your brain will process information at its maximum capacity and you're that much more likely to enter a flow state. Oh, Mike, this gets me going. I, I kind of like this level of science and data breaking down our brains <laughs> into <laughs> bits per second. Mm. This is exciting. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of entering the inner sanctum of flow. I mean, we're, we're getting into... Uh, a couple of things that, you know, don't just think happiness is sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. In fact, you know, there is bodies of work saying happiness is actually a falsehood. The thing we're all really after, and this is pretty heavy duty stuff, is satisfaction and fulfillment through doing things that matter, right? So we, we have this kind of false chasing of utopia kind of happiness on the desert island, but it's actually investing effort in things that matter and feeling satisfied, fulfilled because of that. Um, that that's actually the highest order of why we are on this planet, not just to be happy. And in fact, many Stoics would say, once you accept that life is really tough and unfair, it's only then that you get down to the real business. And, and I think a lot of people do search for happiness on the couch with Netflix and fail to see that it's a conscious choice to pursue goals, isn't it? That's what really matters. Mm. Well, and like we've just heard in that clip, uh, I quite like the simple breakdown that happiness isn't from live circumstances, or at least if it is, it's quite a small percentage, I think 10%. So live circumstances being what's, what's in front of me, what am I consuming right now? And instead, like you say, if you're chasing something productive, productive actions that challenge you from a, a skill perspective, you're feeling uh, confident in yourself and passionate about the job in hand. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, it's, it's the classic, uh, thing like, let's ask ourselves, where, where do we see this? A great example is like mowing the lawn, painting a room. Sometimes you're like, Oh God, do I have to, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then actually, you know, that little buzz you feel at the end, cause you've just been in there in the room painting, sanding it down, and then just being in this kind of, um, kind of not too difficult, requires some attention and you're listening to some tunes. And before you know it, the room's painted and then you sit back and go, wow, that looks kind of great. Um, I think this is why so many people get fulfillment out of gardening because it, it uses flow state. You know, you have this difficulty and skill, this attention, you're not too anxious. It's not too hard, but it's not too boring. You're in flow. Um, I, I really like this idea of pursuing uh, very consciously set goals and, and straddling those two lines. I believe that this is why even at the beginning, you think mowing the lawn will be like the most boring thing on the planet. But then at the end, you look and look, it looks great and place looks fantastic. And you're like, oh, kind of feel pretty good right now. Yeah. I think that's the inner confidence and in taking control that Mihai was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that analogy, actually, because you're right. You, it's, it's not necessarily something that's, that's super um, 
skill necessarily. I mean, if you're going to do the job well, then obviously you want to give it lots of attention and, and give it your best go. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's kind of a workout. You've kind of got to pay attention. You don't want to run over anything. <laughs> and if you can straddle, like you say, that boredom element, which is when you'll go online, maybe you'll uh, consume content or you'll just purchase, you'll just buy products because you think that that's going to make you happy. Or at the converse side, the other side of that, that chasm, you're feeling anxious. So you're a little bit off put. You don't have that confidence. I think it's really that sweet spot. Flow is really that sweet spot of feeling confident about what you are doing at that moment and feeling quite satisfied and happy at the end product. Mm. It certainly is. And I think um, now we're kind of starting to lurch towards habits and rituals and like, we're going to get there. Don't worry. But I think it's really important. We want to follow up what we've just talked about with making sure that we are incentivized enough to create the conditions for flow state, not just getting in the zone, but really taking control of your environment, taking control of your time, your calendar, setting those very conscious minded goals. So let's have a listen to successful by design again, but this time we're going to just plow you with all of the benefits, all of them, every single <laughs> one of them on flow. So let's have a listen to successful by design. Benefit number one, you're more likely to achieve your goals. The best way to accomplish a goal is to put everything you have into it. That includes your time and your attention. So when you enter a state of flow, you immerse yourself into the one activity and by doing so, you are a step closer to achieving that one goal. Benefit number two, you become more self-confident. Because when you feel you can actually succeed in a challenging activity, it gives you a massive boost in self-confidence. Benefit number three, you improve your experiences. Because you realize that even the most tedious tasks can be rewarding when they're aligned with your goals and you feel that you're not working in vain. Benefit number four, you become a more complex individual. You feel a sense of differentiation because you've done something that makes you feel capable and unique. Oh, okay. Quick fire round there, Mike. But- All right. Well, let's just recap on it. Can you give us what you what those four benefits were? What were the ones that really stood out to you? And then give me your feeling of which one do you think applies to you? Yes, yeah, nice. So for me, I think as we were talking about earlier in the show today, you get that level of self-confidence when you can achieve flow. Mm-hmm. And one of the benefits is feeling good about yourself, which in turn depending on how we want to break down this idea of happiness, it can lead you to feeling more satisfied and comfortable with the job in hand. I think that one is a, is a pretty big one for me, mm. Mike. But the, mm. the, the third benefit that, that Successful by Design calls out in that clip was your experience is improved. And I think that is a big aha moment in my mind. Your experience of the work, your experience of difficulty, or a challenge or an ob- uh, an obstacle is then improved or perhaps changed through your um, visual approach towards that challenge. So much like we saw in the mental model series, where you can utilize a number of uh, models and frameworks in order to solve problems better, perhaps. Mm. I believe that where we can see a benefit from flow landing, for me in my mind, is being able to achieve it and therefore improve that experience that otherwise might be causing me a lot of anxiety, a lot of pain, 
a lot of discomfort, so much so that I might be tempted to flee or fly from that problem. Oh, I see. So it almost builds resilience. Yeah. That's where I can see a big benefit of flow coming in here because Mm. it changes or maybe rewires what I'm, uh, how I'm visualizing or seeing or receiving a potential situation or experience. Hmm. So let's look at it then um, and compare this to deep work. And let's ask ourselves, how is this different? Because we know that you, our moonshotters, love Cal Newport's work on deep work, one of the most popular shows we've ever done. But this, there's something more here, isn't there, Mark? Yeah, I, I, for me, and I am such a huge fan of, of deep work as well. We've talked about it so many times um, on the show. And like you say, our listeners love it as well. I would say that the difference lies in the differentiation between productivity and enjoyment. So deep work, at least the way that I use deep work, it's when I've got to get something done. So mm-hmm. I want to not be distracted. I want to make sure that I have given it the best um, chance of being a good deliverable, let's say, whatever that might be, whether mm-hmm. it's a message, a document, um, a conversation, giving it enough time to really be considered and thought about in a, in a deep work approach mm-hmm. is, is what's really valuable to me, at least in, in Cal's work. Where I can see flow being slightly different Mm-hmm. is it's a little bit more personal. So it's a little, bit, a little bit more about how I perceive things that are around me. Mm. So where deep work might be handy for me to carve out time and be productive, logistics, I see flow coming in in the enjoyment factor, in the passion. Right. So, so this is really interesting thinking because, I, I mean, I would build on what you've just said. Um, and say the following, like deep work is about very, they're very related, but I think Mm, there's an important thing here. Deep work is about allocating that time to kind of, as they say, get into the zone, right? Um, something that we've talked about a lot on the shows, I know for sure I do my best work in the morning. So if I wanted like tomorrow, let's say I, I, I really want to produce something, I'll need at least two hours. I'll get to bed early. I'll wake up early. I will attempt to make it the first uh, thing that I do after I've kind of woken up, had that cold shower, done that journey. You know all the good things now, you moonshot <laughs> listeners. You should know by now. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So deep work, I'll allocate the two hours, no distractions, and in we go. I think where flow adds something is that there needs to be more, it's not just about productivity to deliver a thing. I think there's an additional ad here, which is this idea between taking on something with a bit of difficulty um, and taking on something that um, is going to require some skill and that the sweet spot is being in the middle there. So the way I relate to that is to have a stretch goal, right? So don't just do something like deep work would be say us spending two hours together, making the show together. That that's going to be like deep work. However, 
flow state comes when there's also the introduction of uh, a little bit of a challenge. And it's this healthy challenge. The healthy stretch goal needs to be brought into it. So you are about to encounter perhaps something new that you've not done, but you have an excitement about doing it, not necessarily anxiety. To me, that's where flow state comes in. So one of the things that I know has a really big flow state for me is when uh, for my work, I make a new masterclass on something related to building new products in the world. And for example, I might refer to what I did yesterday is I produced a masterclass on how Revolut, the neobank, how they've been successful. And I basically broke it down and showed how you can do it too. Now, it was really exciting for me to do. There were some new insights in the study and the preparation that I had done. That's really not just deep work, but that's achieving a flow state where I go really into the zone. So I think it's this excitement about the new, uh, New, new challenge, new skill levels. I think that's the important build upon deep work. If you want to think about flow state, to me, that's the kind of framing for us to understand that it's not just doing the work, but it's doing new work or work that brings you a new twist on, you know, difficulty and skill. It's not just rinse and repeat stuff. So for example, when you're running, maybe you run a different route, maybe you run a different tempo. If it's in that healthy stretch goal, you can achieve this really nice flow state. And there's a lot of things you can do around it with your environment as well, which is very exciting. We're going to tackle that in the rest of the show. But Mark, did I kind of um, build on it um, how you had seen it or do you see it differently? No, no, I I, I would only... uh maybe even pose this particular um, insight, Mike, or opinion, maybe flow can actually help those uh, of our listeners who maybe are in a situation where they, they've kind of maybe fallen out of love with their job, or maybe they've got a, a problem in front of them that they don't really want to tackle. And therefore they're looking for distractions. Maybe they're not giving the work the best of their ability. I think what you've just built there, Mike, is an idea that if you can achieve this level of thinking, this level of flow, you can find that passion again by looking at the problem in a different way. So said otherwise, if I'm going for a run and I'm a little bit bored, maybe I'll go a different route. If I've got a problem in front of me, why would I approach it in the exact same way every single time? instead of thinking about it in a different way, mm. thereby creating new opportunities to learn, maybe create new opportunities to find enjoyment in the job and suddenly accessing uh, a new point of view about uh, a problem or a job or whatever it might be. Maybe it's a difficult conversation. Approaching it in a slightly different way yeah. via the usage of flow can make yeah. it feel like a totally different situation. Yeah. And, and if we you know, we'll get into some of the environmental stuff, but changing things up a little bit in, in how and where you work. Um, and there's some other related uh, work here that I just want to mention, Mark, that we will do on a different show. Uh, there is a fantastic um, body of work by Stephen Kotler, who we have a clip from. We'll definitely do a show on him. The other thing I wanted to mention is a great Japanese concept for the reason for being. It's called Ikigai. And it has a lot of similar attributes to Mihai and his work around flow, but it's like a life system. 
So we'll be sure to, to do that. There's a great book I just read on Ikigai. Um, so we've got so many, uh, it's, it's like Mihai's work. It, it relates to so many other great practices we've yet to cover on the Moonshots podcast. It is so exciting to know that there's all these possibilities to optimize ourselves, Mark, isn't it? Yep. There's so much. With Mihai has created this foundation for us to build on and for other scientists and authors to create uh, ways for us to understand this idea. I mean, how valuable is that for us to learn oh, today? Yeah. Oh yeah. Now listen, if, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, there's been lots of context setting here, lots of inspiration. You are now dying to know how to build a flow state for yourself, how to do it, not just once, but how to repeat it. We are now entering the flow ritual stage of the show. Cue the drums, blow the trumpets, and we're going to start with somebody who is a wildly interesting guy, Stephen Kotler. Um, he definitely deserves his own show, but for now we get just a clip, but this clip is fantastic work. I want you to think this as the modern extension of Mihai's original work. This is uh, a guy that has spent his life studying people who are Superman, who do the impossible. And he has decoded the playbook for flow. And he's done it from a scientific research-backed perspective. So I'm really excited to share with all of you the different flow cycles. Flow Genome Project, what we've discovered, if, when people want more flow in their lives, the number one thing we can tell them is that there is a flow cycle. So the old idea about flow was that it was a binary. It was like a light switch. You were either in the zone or you were out of the zone. What we now know is that flow is a four-part cycle. And you have to move through all four parts of, these cycle, of the cycle before you can return to the flow state itself. The neurobiology of the flow cycle and the actual research came out of Herb Benson's work at Harvard. He kind of laid the foundation for it. But what we've discovered is at the front end of the flow state, there's a struggle phase. This is a loading phase. You are loading then overloading the brain with information. For a baseball player, this is learning to swing a bat at a ball. For a writer planning a new book, this is when you're doing interviews. This is when you're reading. It's when you're diagramming structure and things like that. It's very unpleasant as a general rule. So even though flow may be the most desirable and pleasant state on earth, the actual flow cycle itself starts with a very unpleasant state known as struggle. From struggle, you move into release. This literally means you want to take your mind off the problem. So what happens in flow is we are trading conscious processing, which is slow, has very limited RAM, right? The working memory can only hold about four items at once, and it's very energy inefficient. For subconscious processing, which is extremely fast, it's very energy efficient, and has pretty much endless RAM. So to do that, you have to move from struggle, you have to let, stop thinking about what you were trying to think about, basically. You take your mind off the problem, you go for long walks, Gardening works very well. Building models works very, very well. Albert Einstein famously used to row a boat into the middle of Lake Geneva and stare at the clouds, right? Once you can take your mind off the problem, and then, by the way, one of the only things that you can't do to move through release is watch television. It actually changes your brainwaves in a way that will block flow. But once you move from release, there's a, actually underneath the surface neurobiologically, there's a global release of nitric oxide, which is a gaseous signaling molecule. It's found everywhere in the body. This flushes all the stress hormones out of your system and replaces them with kind of feel-good performance-enhancing neurochemicals like dopamine and anandamide and serotonin and endorphins, which underpin the flow state as well. 
you're in the flow state itself. This is the third stage in the struggle. And on the back end of the flow state, there is actually a recovery phase. And this is really, really, really critical. So you go from this amazing high of flow to a very deep low that shows up in recovery. A lot of this is that all those feel-good neurochemicals have drained out of your system. It takes certain vitamins and minerals and sunlight and things like that to rebuild them. So the recovery phase on the back end of the flow state is actually very, very unpleasant as well. And if you really want to hack flow, you need to learn how to struggle better and you need how to learn how to recover better. And one of the most important things in recovery is you have to, you need some emotional fortitude, some grit. You have to basically hold on to your emotions, not get stressed out at the fact that you no longer feel like Superman. And the main reason, what well, two reasons for this is one, if you get too stressed out at feeling low, you're going to start producing cortisol. A little bit is fine. Too much of it blocks the accelerated learning that comes with flow. So you'll actually, you'll get the short-term benefit of the flow state itself, but you won't get the long-term benefit, the accelerated learning that you get in flow. The other problem is if you have to move from recovery back into struggle and you're bummed out at no longer being in flow during the recovery phase, it's very hard to get up for the difficult fight of struggle that follows. I mean, wow, Mike, that was a deep dive. I mean, really fun. I, I, again, much like the earlier clip we heard about um, with, the, with the science, this is taking it to another level. We're getting into the DNA, the endorphin, the nitric mm -hmm. oxide that's in our bodies. It's fascinating. It's totally fascinating. Um, I think the interesting thing here is you just need to listen to Stephen Kotler and you think, I think he may have studied it with that precise description of the cycles and the biophysical response that we have to each of those different uh, steps. It, it shows you, though, that um, you can't just like, all right, I'm going to jump into flow right now. Like, it doesn't work like that. So to me, there's a lot of conscious um, preparation that happens to go through those four phases. So just as a reminder, there's the struggle, you know, then there's the letting go, the release, and then you can enter the flow state. But also like anything that's good in the world, you just need a recovery phase as well. So this is the, this kind of four-step uh, process to achieving um, flow state. Now, I think the big thing is, Mark, what we should do is a practical teardown on, okay, what, where do we start this? Like, like how do we, <laughs> where do we begin, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I, I think what's fascinating to me as I consider where to begin is what Stephen's just done for us, how he's laid out this almost like a map. It's like planning your exercise. And I think achieving a state of flow in order to do work is, is a little bit like preparing yourself to go for a, let's, let's just choose a long run or strength workout, whatever it might be. Hmm. It's going to be a little bit difficult and having that awareness prior to going into the act of the exercise or the act of the work, I think is actually really, really valuable because then your body and your mind is kind of prepared to experience something that's a little bit unpleasant. So I'm reminded of David Goggins and Never Give Up and, and the amazing uh, clips that we had from, from Goggins where he's tearing down this idea of resilience. I think that there has to be, as Stephen Kotler's calling out here, a level of resilience that we all need to have prior to actually engaging 
and working into a flow cycle, isn't there? Mm. I think it, it almost brings us like getting this going is brings us right back to the Joe Rogan show where he said, uh, um, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Learning to accept that's just a natural part of life. And I think setting the goal of learning and doing something new, something with a bit of stretch in it. And I think before you, particularly in the early times of getting into a flow state, is that you you need to really be deliberate in setting the intention. Yes, I want to do this. And yes, I know it won't be perfect the first time, but I want to do this, right? I think yeah. that conscious decision will help you get through the struggle, then letting go so that you can then really enjoy that flow state. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And in fact, you've just reminded me of a, a similar moment quite recently. I was preparing a, a point of view for a meeting that I, that I had coming up. And much like you and I have discussed on the show before, one of our favorite let's call them hacks or favorite way to prepare prior to a a big meeting with a customer or or a client or a a colleague is to prepare some talking points, or maybe it's an agenda or Mm. a table of contents. And prior to, you know, sitting down, you're looking at an empty page of paper uh, or a document and you're thinking, oh no, where do I start? Mm. (laughs) How do I focus? That's that struggle moment. That's the moment where you think, okay, well, where am I going with this? Okay, maybe I should talk about finances, but in order to talk about finances, I sort of need to get them warmed up with the context, maybe the background. And you start jotting down all these different ideas, don't you, Mike? Scribbles Mm. here and there, and you you might form a little bit of a skeleton. What Stephen Kotler then calls out as step two, which I really like, is the release. Go for a walk or maybe gardening, whatever it might Mm. be, change Mm. it up. And that's pretty consistent, Mike with what you and I have reflected on before, which is once you've written down a skeleton, table of contents, let's say, leave it for a bit, share it with a colleague, ask for feedback, but don't work on it anymore. Maybe just give yourself the night to sleep on it. Then when you come back, you might not jump straight into step three, which is flow. Mm. Maybe you need to, again, go through a little bit of a struggle, a bit of a release, but that preparation that almost like stretching prior to an exercise, creating the table of contents, creating a working document, I think helps us get to that flow state quicker, doesn't it? And once you get into it, because you've laid down the foundations prior to the uh, moment of trying to do that work, I think it becomes that a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. So let's before we get, move on here, I think what we should do is kind of nominate some ways that we can kind of start this process and to understand what it takes to do. And so I'm, I'm going to run you through a couple of ideas. Tell me what you think about, you know, if someone's listening to our show and one of our listeners is like, yes, I give me some of this flow state. Uh, here, here's a couple of things I would do. Uh, step one, um, eliminate all external uh, distractions. So, you know, a great example here is sounds pretty self-obvious, turn off your distractions, but go and work in a place where you will not be distracted. Number one, right? That sounds pretty good. Don't you think, Mark? Yeah. I, there's that statistics that says if you get distracted, it takes another 25 minutes <laughs> to get your full attention back. So exactly. one simple notification, Mike, can knock you back by 25 minutes. There you go. There you go. 
Now, the next thing is um, what I would, what works for me personally, it's totally up to you, uh, Mark, and all of our listeners, but I love journaling every morning and doing some, some meditational breath work. Just for me, I feel like I'm cleaning the slate, blank canvas, getting rid of all the dust. I think that's much more about what's happening on the inside rather than what we were talking about before, which is sort of the externalities of distraction. I think now we're into like, you know, clear the decks, get yourself right. If you've had a really, when I finished uh, making the masterclass yesterday, I just noticed my brain was just going in fifth gear and it took me a long time to wind it down last night just because I had spent the best part of a day making a masterclass. That's how, you know, all those internal distractions uh, can affect you not only after, but you've got to clear the deck. If you've been working on things, you've got to clear the deck before you go into flow state and don't underestimate. There could be all these sort of background computations happening in your brain, right? Mm, I, I like that. So clear or be aware of external notifications and distractions, but also remember internal. that you have your own internal ones as well. Totally. That's great. Then aim to do uh, this work in flow state whenever your circadian rhythm is at its best. So if you're a night owl or if you're an early bird, don't try and work at the opposite time that, you know, if you're like me, if you, if you work the best in the morning, do it in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Doesn't it be working when your mind's sharp? Now, another, another great hack that I do is that I listen to a lot of ambient music when I work. So I will, um, it has to be like super minimal. Um, it can't have any vocals and, um, I really, I mean, this is like a key part of me getting myself primed. I wouldn't mind betting now that it's almost, I've almost got it to the point where, um, the, <laughs> I actually think that it's like almost a cue to me. It's like a habit cue when I listen to this. So if you're interested in music I listen to, which is kind of um, not only ambient music, but it's designed at the frequencies that respond, um, that you have a, a biological response to alpha and theta and gamma. So go to YouTube and type in the metaverse music this channel designs music that affects you biologically. Wow. <laughs> How crazy is this? So, so I'm just looking at the list here, healing music, uh, deep theta, uh, four Hertz by, by annual beats, soundscape, focus, meditation, oh, count me in. alpha wave, alleviate stress with the rife frequency. There's also these other frequencies that are called the God frequency that speak to us at these alpha, theta, and gamma levels. <laughs> uh, you're all thinking, who is this? My guy is crazy. Um, but how cool is that, Mark? You can actually listen to music that's purposely designed for your flow cycle. That, that's a great hack. And I must admit, you know, if the listeners are thinking, what's going on here? I, I didn't know about the, the Theta, Alpha, and Gamma music either. That's fascinating. Cool. I'm definitely going to give that a go after this. So it provokes this biological flow state. Um, obviously, take into the session one job to be done. One. So um, do not try and accomplish three different 
things because that's a recipe for disaster. There's switching costs as we talked about. Mm. Hey, and lastly, I think which is essential to understanding, you know, obviously, you, you know, you want to, you have a goal and all that kind of good stuff and you're going to be in the right um, setting You're and have all your kind of drinks and hydration, you know, all of that. But the last thing I would just say is choose something that is a healthy stretch goal. And I think this is the best, most relevant advice to flow state. If it's exactly, if there is no challenge, like you've done this before a number of times, that's not going to induce flow state. It's got to be, it's got to be different enough. It doesn't have to be crazy different because then, you know, you will find it very hard to be satisfied because you, you've just taken on a mountain, but find something. Let's say, for example, you're a musician, you've always played a particular artist, um, play someone who's similar, but you've not played one of their songs before. Uh, that would be a good example. That's like a healthy stretch goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that really, really does, Mike. And I like these these uh, six or seven steps that you called out there. Those are really valuable at helping me not only understand the value of flow as we've talked about today, but actually as I consider making this part of my daily habit, something that I can try and practice each day, I think that actually uh, provokes me into trying new ways of approaching a particular problem or challenge. Yeah, totally, totally. All right, we've been doing lots of talking. Let's go back to successful by design. Let's um, now that we're really primed, we've got all the triggers to get into it. Let's look at the steps that we can follow for a flow state. Step number one is to set a goal. Write down your main goal for that activity and other smaller milestones you might want to achieve. Say your ultimate goal is to run a marathon six months from now. Write that down with some smaller milestones like a run five miles per day or run half a marathon three months from now. Step number two is to decide how you measure your progress. If you want to run faster, for instance, time will be your measuring tool. You cannot get better at something unless you first measure it. Step number three, focus on the activity. Flow comes from focus. If you find it hard to achieve the flow state during your running sessions, for instance, try listening to music while you run or pay close attention to your distance or to your speed or to your heartbeat. Those little twists might help you focus solely on that one activity. Step number four is to learn everything about the activity. Even the most seemingly uncomplicated activity has its little secrets. Running, for instance, seems straightforward, right? But if you want to be a good marathoner, you need to uncover a lot of the finer details. How much water to consume and when, how to stretch and warm up properly, what to wear, what not to wear. The deeper you go into the details, the more immersed you can become. The next step is to develop new skills. No activity is too simple and you can never be too good at something. So look for where you can improve and work towards developing new skills. If you want to be the best runner, for instance, learn the skills that can help you become a better runner, like your arm position or your foot contact. There will always be new skills that will help you master the activity that you're working on. And step number six, don't get bored. Have you finished the marathon? Awesome. Now it's time to set a new goal. Regardless of what your craft is, once you've mastered it, or at least you feel like you've mastered it, challenge yourself with new goals and start back from step number one. So you see, you can easily transform any activity into a flow activity. 
But so far, we've talked about more hobby-like and free time-like activities, unless of course you're a professional athlete. But most of us spend a large portion of our day with a different type of activity, one that we affectionately call work. If flow equals happiness and a big portion of our lives is spent at work, your overall happiness lives or dies depending on whether you enjoy your work or not. So let's talk about flow at work. The good news is that you do not need a glamorous or exciting work to find flow. You might think that unless you're saving people or you're saving the world or you're some world-class creative artist, flow will always escape you. But that is not the case. The book tells us the story of Joe Kramer. He worked in a factory that assembled railroad cars. Not very exciting. And even though he was great at his job, he never wanted to become a manager. Instead, he wanted to learn how to perform every task on the assembly line. In his free time, he built intricate gardens using his skills he acquired in his workplace. His gardens were super sophisticated, they included pathways, terraces, their own custom sprinkler system. So you see, he turned ordinary experiences into flow experiences by making use of the opportunities available for him. In contrast, most of his colleagues claimed that the work was something impossible to enjoy. At the end, it all comes down to your perspective. If you choose to fully immerse yourself in your work and follow the steps we outlined earlier, you'll be much more likely to enter a flow state. If you instead constantly look for that thing to distract yourself with, even the most exciting job will become a yawn for you. Oh, Mike, bringing home a clip that really breaks down Mihai Cheeks and Mihai's idea of flow and how we can transform any activity into flow, covering you know hobbies as well as work. What a great, what a great way to uh, you know bring it back home. Mm, I I couldn't agree more because think about it, whether it's work or at home, hobbies, sport, you name it, you can apply this. And I think there's a bigger story here. I think what we've just discovered is you. You know, you should pursue new things and personal growth continuously over time. And that really is that desire to keep growing will bring you so much satisfaction, fulfillment. Yes, a sprinkling of happiness too, but it doesn't come without a little bit of challenge. You know, you don't want to feel anxious, but you do want to be excited about learning new things. You want to be challenged. You don't want to be overwhelmed, but you you have to kind of have a few head scratches like, how am I going to do this? Because I think what it simply comes down to is the stretch that we make to learn new skills, to solve new sorts of problems, to achieve new things. This is This growth is essential to keep us going, to be the very best version of ourselves. So here we are thinking we're going to do a show on getting in the zone, but it turns out that this is sort of at the essence of realizing your full potential is this continuous growth, continuous learning through entering flow state. And, and it's really up to us as individuals to uh, take ownership of it and find that perspective, you know, rather than thinking uh, towards a problem uh, or, you know, maybe an activity such as a marathon or, or just exercise, in fact. And wondering, no way, that's that's not, it's going to be too hard for me. Instead, if you break it down, like we just heard in that final clip, define the goals, 
find ways to measure that progress, really concentrate on a single task. Think about that training or stretching and then go and develop those skills. Like you say, Mike, go in and uh, even though you might know it's going to be a bit of a challenge, go out and develop those skills to get that little bit better. And there's plenty of times, Mike, I'm happy to say that in my job, I'll run into moments when I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head and I'll be thinking, I'm not really sure about that bit of technology, or I haven't really done this level of interview with a potential customer and so on. And it, it's kind of fun, you know, when you oh, do yeah. change that mindset and instead of, of me thinking, oh no, I don't want to have to go and deal with this now. <laughs> I don't want to have to learn when you actually think, okay, well, remember it is really fun to learn new skills, then suddenly it becomes far easier, but also far more enjoyable to go out and do. Ah, oh, totally, totally. And now that now that we have traversed the world of flow state, we've heard from the creator himself and many people that he's inspired, Mark. Where does this leave you if you were going to change one thing today about getting a little bit more flow into your daily routine? What well, are you going to do? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple of big takeaways that, that I've had actually today. So I'm going to cheat your, your question just a little bit. I, I really do believe in that connection with deep work. I do think they are, they are slightly different. So I'm going to bear that in mind. I liked your recommendation on the music. Mm. the theta, the alpha and the gamma, um, waves that's, that was new to me. And if it is, and if there is a musical cue that can help you get into flow state, I'm, I'm going to go out and find it. I think that's a really great recommendation as well as this reminder to me that my brain has limits. So if I'm going to get into a flow state and do my best work, I can only be thinking about one particular thing. So removing external notifications, as well as those internal distractions through journaling, through discussion, through meditation, that is going to be how I'm going to be able to kind of clear out those cobwebs and that, that baggage in order to go out and be my best self. What about you, Mike? What did, what did you take away from today's show from Mihai? Um, I feel that... The conscious decision to get that un that slightly uncomfortable stretch goal. Um, I think maybe I'm I've been in a cycle for the last year where I've perhaps, and particularly the last three to six months, where I've perhaps been a bit too heavier on the deep work rather than the flow state, like just producing like a machine, right? So, so I think uh, introducing this idea of working on new things with a bit more difficulty and skill change up, um, a healthy stretch goal in pursuing new things personally and professionally, that I think that could, could really be the takeout for me. I think that's what, perhaps why I, I talked about it so much on yeah. this show. It really st stuck out to me. There is a difference between deep work and flow state, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And that's definitely a big lesson we've learned from today's show with Mihai, Cheeks sent Mihai and Flo. What a, yeah. what a pleasure. What an absolute pleasure. Well, Mark, thank you to you for joining me on this great journey. And thank you to you, our listeners, all the moonshotters out there joining us 
on this adventure of learning out loud together to be the very best version of ourselves. And boy, what an action-packed show. What a surprise. It wasn't just about getting in the zone. What we had to learn from Mihai, Check sent Mihai, was that flow is so much more than that. And it started with taking control, building this inner confidence. And through that, we can start to understand flow, that it's really about conscious goal setting. It's about having a healthy stretch goal. And you can do that and enjoy so many benefits. You can not only continuously improve yourself, but you can be sharper every day. You can enjoy the compound interest of flow state. And we understood from Stephen Kotler that there's four very discrete parts of the cycle, and each of us can enjoy them as we go through the struggle, the release, the flow, and the recovery. Do all of those things, and it will not only help you with your work, but at home, with your hobbies and your sub- and your sports. Whatever you want to do, Flow State is there for you. What a perfect story for us here at the Moonshots Podcast. It has been wonderful having you on this journey. That's a wrap.